right, guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Designated Players Podcast. This is episode 17, back after a week off. We are very happy to be back. we got a really cool topic to speak about today, and we are going to go through Extra Time Radio's best team of the entire MLS history bracket and give you guys our picks for what we think and who we think is the best team ever. But before we do that, as we always do, scar for the week. Connor? Check. Check. <laughs> Connor got his. Adam? I've got the preseason Red Bull Chelsea FC from like five years ago. Oh, uh, that's funny. I, was, I actually have that written down in some of my notes that the only notable thing one of those teams did, one of the Red Bull teams that are listed here, was beat Chelsea in the preseason. Um, and then I am rocking just another, another Red Bull scarf. This one is from 2018 because if we're talking about the best teams in MLS history, you got to rip scarves from one of the best teams in MLS history. That's not a Cincinnati scarf. <laughs> Fun fact, <laughs> as things are starting to open up, I'm getting ready to start making trips and start getting new scarves. So I will have new things to rock soon. I'll get one of those. All right. It'll be different because this is a podcast. You, a lot of you guys probably listen to it more than watch it. So we will be kind of reading out the matchups. And we'll just kind of all give our, our picks about it and who we think. And we'll have a little debate if we have to. And two-thirds majority, so two out of three of us have to say yes for them to move on. And let's just jump right into it. The first matchup, 2017 treble winning TFC versus nobody. Who do you guys got moving on? I mean, this was tough. Nobody yeah. really put up a fight. But I think Toronto just kind of sneaked past them. All right. Uh, so, yeah, two to, two I don't one. know. Two to one TFC versus nobody. I guess I have to move on. <laughs> the first real match of 2019 NYC versus 2001 Miami. This one required a little bit of research because obviously none of us were watching when we were four years old for 2001 Miami. Well, I was However, I was eight years old. Speak for yourself. You old man. <laughs> this was really cool because I, I, I like doing this because I learned a lot about the older teams. But I learned about how MLS did playoffs back in 2001. Did anybody see this? Mm-hmm. Each playoff matchup had a three-game tournament between each team, and the winner moves on based off of a point system. Yeah, they also, didn't, they also didn't have ties and would take PKs from, like, 40 yards out. Our league makes Bro. no sense. <laughs> Bro, when MLS comes back, bring me back 2001 MLS. I don't care about this new, like, three. Oh, God. Give me 2001 MLS. But no, 2001 Miami finished first in the East that year, won the Supporters' Shield by a plus-one goal differential in a 12-team, three-conference league where they played 26 games, made it to the semifinals of the MLS Cup, and lost on sudden-death extra time to San Jose with Landon Donovan, I believe, was that team. Mm-hmm. Had the MVP and the Golden Boot winner in Chacon and didn't make it to the CCL, and I don't know why. I can't find the rules on how people qualified for Champions League at that point. Versus 2019 NYC, who won the Eastern Conference, got their first CCL berth, lost in their first game in the Eastern Conference semis. Pretty sure they don't have a playoff win yet. Is that correct? I think they have as many playoff wins as they do stadiums. There we go. And then they have the second most goals in the league, but the most goals scored at a baseball stadium. (laughs) Thoughts, people? Most goals scored at a baseball stadium. That's tough to trump that. (laughs) That Miami team had Kyle Beckerman and Nick Ramondo when they were probably like 14 years old. So, and they also had backyard soccer legend and my auto, automatic first round draft pick every year, uh, every team I made, uh, Preki. So, you know, oh, yeah. a little bit of no brainer there. So if we're going by stats and the way the team actually was. Oh, all right. 
<laughs> what are we thinking? Because listen, if if we were going off of teams that we like versus teams we don't like, there'd be a lot of changes in my in my my lineup. I'd have a I'd have a a, a final four of Red Bull, Red Bull, Red Bull, and like two Kansas City with the funky jersey. Minnesota. <laughs> yeah, Minnesota exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, out of those stats, I actually had to put 2001 Miami through, and it's not because of my hatred for NYC, because NYC had a good year. Like, I'm not going to go ahead and beat around the bush. They had a great year by the modern standards, but they lost in the first round again. They didn't have one player that really stood out. They had a bunch of decent players, and they were well off the supporter shield race. Yes, that's because LAFC was very, very good, but they couldn't keep up. So, if we're talking about the best team ever, I don't think NYC 2019 can fit that mold. Yeah, I, I put Miami through as well, especially just because all the financial stuff that was going on with this team. I mean, the fact that they still did as well as they did, they literally folded the season after because of yeah. everything off the field. Like, that's – yeah. So, I put them through. Connor? Not that my vote counts at this point, but I also put Miami through. One of the things that I did was I noticed that in the past they played less games. I think you mentioned that earlier. So I extrapolated the points per game to 34 games just to give it like a more even comparison between teams today versus like teams that played less games. Miami on 34 games would have got 69 points. That's five more points than NYC got. (laughs) And not only that, Miami won the supporter shield. Even if it was by one goal, they still they won something, and NYC won nothing. So I kind of see it hard to not put Miami through uh, compared to NYC. I was telling Andrew before we recorded, a lot of my picks have the prerequisite that you had to have at least won something. So some of the teams on this list, I don't know why they're on this list. but <laughs> we'll, we'll get into that. But, but there we go. <laughs> yeah, I think that's important too. I think – if how are you going to be one of the best teams in the league's history and win nothing? Mm-hmm. Big facts, big facts. So we are all in agreement. Miami moves on, on to the next one. 2010 RSL versus 2012 San Jose. Again, stuff that we were watching, but not too close and didn't really understand a lot. So let's break down what these teams did. 2010 RSL, first MLS team to make the modern era CCL final. Second in the Supporters' Shield race by three points to the Galaxy. Only seven losses in 40 games all year and 36 goals conceded in that time. And now I want you to think, we have always talked about 2013 SKC's back line being disgusting. You now work in 36 goals conceded in 40 games, including some of the biggest teams in Mexico that were just powerhouses. That's unreal. Then you go to 2012 San Jose. Supporters' Shield champs, Western Conference semifinals, Wando sets the record for goals in a season at that point with 27, and they make the CCL break. Thoughts? This one was hard. Pretty sure I had RSL moving through. Yeah, I did. Just because of that defensive record, I mean, that's it's kind of hard to, to pass that up just because I don't think, other than the SKC team that you just mentioned, we've had that many – defenses that were have been that good like the last few years we've seen just you know the atlantas the lafcs just blow past everyone in goals yeah they may concede five in a game but you know they'll score six there haven't been that many teams that just set up shop and say you know we're okay winning this one nothing yeah no i totally agree you think about 2010 mls think about 2010 mls defenses 
And then you're putting 36 goals conceded over 40 games, including in CONCAP Champions League. Wild. Connor? I agree 100% with Adam that this was really tough. And I can kind of – I'm totally fine either way. I think both of these teams are really, really good teams. Like, as you said, defensively, RSL, and then what Wando did with San Jose. Just comparing, like, some of the numbers, because obviously I – wasn't even close to watching MLS at this point. <laughs> so that's that's the only thing I have to go off of. But out of 34 games, San Jose had two more points than RSL and had a plus four goal difference over RSL. And the big difference for me was the fact that while RSL was very successful, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think they won anything that year. And no. Yeah, and San Jose did end up winning Supporter Shield, and they had the MVP on their team. So I think that was the slight edge for me for San Jose as opposed to RSL, just because they did get a trophy that year. Interesting. Okay, so I'm the tiebreak, and I'm going with RSL because of that defensive record. Because, again, if you think about 2010 MLS, and you think about the – pure awfulness that was MLS defense in 2010. And then you look at that record. You also look at them being second in supporter shield race behind one of the better LA galaxy teams of the decade. And then they were, they made it to CCL finals for the first time ever for an MLS team in modern era. They didn't win anything, but they were damn close. And realistically like San Jose won supporter shield, but you know, one game here or there, RSL could have been the difference. You know, RSL were a few games off of being one of the best teams in history, no question. So I got to go RSL there, but I agree San Jose was a was a good shout there. I think that was yeah. like – if they were doing a number matchup like they do in uh, March Madness, I think that was like a four versus five. So it would have gone either way, yeah. So 2010 RSL moving through. We move now to one of the four quarterfinalists – 2015 RBNY versus 2016 Colorado. And this one, this one was actually tough because it was such a bad matchup. 2015 RBNY, first year without Terry Henry, wins the supporter shield by goal differential. Beat DC United in the semis and lost in the conference finals Columbus, as we do. Lost to the Union and PKs in the USOC quarters. It was the first U.S. Open Cup I watched, and I remember vividly. And then this was a year that we went and beat Chelsea in the uh, preseason tournament, as, as Adam Scarf depicts. Versus 2016 Colorado, second in the Supporters' Shield, earned a CCL spot for the first time probably ever outside of when they won MLS Cup. 32 goals against 34 games, a good defensive record, and lost in the Western Conference Finals to Seattle. Connor, your thoughts? I feel like I'm going somewhat with a similar theme that I did with the last one, because yeah, like you said, there's nothing super spectacular about either team. But the fact that 2015 RBNY did win Supporter Shield, even if it was by like a six goal difference, they still won a trophy. You know, like that's still in the record books. And I'm just going to stop you right there. Are you now actually admitting that the Supporter Shield is a trophy? And it matters. It's, it's it more counts. of a trophy. It's more of a trophy than zero trophy. Oh, that's, and that's right. what it's Good. comparing so against. So we're gonna go ahead and walk back on everything you've ever said. <laughs> technically, it's not, it's, not said even, technically it's not even a trophy. It's just a plate. But it's a silverware, and it matters. Well, continue. Con. I didn't say. I listen. I didn't say it didn't matter. Oh, you. This is this is a whole different debate for a whole <laughs> different episode. 
Anyway, I went with 2015 RBNY. They had two more points. They had a plus 12 goal difference over Colorado. I feel like Colorado had a lot of these guys after the 2016 season, and they just weren't good. So I feel like they got hot. They made a run. 58 points getting second in the supporter shield feels kind of low. So it, it might have been some help from the rest of the teams not doing so well. But, you know, the main thing for me is RBNY getting the supporter shield. That, that puts them through for me. Yeah, I agree. That was, was a year. That was the first year Tim Howard joined, I believe. But yeah. if you look at it, they've got second in the supporter shield, right, with 58 points is, is weak. A lot of the teams in the Western Conference were very weak that year. LA Galaxy only had 12 wins and then pulled out a bunch of draws. RSL made it to the playoffs. Portland missed the playoffs. San Jose were awful. Houston were awful. Like, I'm not saying they were a bad team, but they definitely uh, had an easier run that year. I also went 2015 RBNY, which, again, it was tough for me. I didn't want to seem like I was just picking all my favorite teams. But the one good year of the decade for Colorado versus the worst of three supporter shield wins for RBNY, and they did it without any of their real star players, right? TT was gone. Cahill was gone. Marquez was thankfully gone, you know, so there weren't a lot of like big, big names there that, that could have, you know, put us through BWP was coming up, but yeah. So one very important piece of silverware versus a decent year. Got to go 2015 RBNY. Yeah. I mean, three for three, the fact that they won definitely helps, but I looked at this team with maybe a little biased, obviously having watched them probably more than 90% of the teams in this bracket. But, Andrew, how many players from this team, from this Red Bull team, would you take now? <laughs> Almost all of them outside of – our outside backs and maybe our center back. Like, our back line, I'll keep our back line. But anybody going forward, I'll, I'll – that's, that's one of my points. So, the Red Bulls have been fairly top of the table. And I, I say successful that. in quotes. <laughs> but they, they've been – better like they've been trending upwards the last few years and the fact that most of the players in this team would walk into our starting 11 right now I mean that kind of put them over the edge for me so that's kind of what I mentioned I had made a comment on Twitter the other day where if you watch any highlights from 2013 or 2015 RBNY the pure just individual talent not necessarily as a team but the individual talent on display was ridiculous Tim Cahill never lost a header. Terry Henry made people look silly. You had players like Joel Impair who would just work, outwork people. Lloyd Sam outworked people. Luis Robles was the best goalkeeper in the league. Our back line was so old, but somehow, like, we're half decent. Individually, they were very good. They just never could put it together. Versus Colorado, who just skated by into a CONCACAF Champions League berth. I will say about this Red Bull team before we move on, um, not to, to spoil anything and give anything away, but we we may or may not have uh, one of these players on the podcast soon. Oh, that's true. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Spoilers. Uh, I'm Spoilers. not saying who, but, you know, listeners, just keep your ears out. Oh, that's big stuff. Very excited for that, and we will get into that later on our Twitter and other social media, so make sure you're following. 2014 LA Galaxy versus 2019 Minnesota The Loons. Big Loons energy. 2014 LA Galaxy, MLS Cup number five, CONCAP Champions League quarterfinals, all without David Beckham, second in the Supporter Shield, third top goal scorer and league MVP, Robbie Keane, 
How that happens, I don't know. Oh, yes, that's right. He's a big name. And three all-stars versus 2019 Minnesota, fourth in the West, U.S. Open Cup finalist, 15-11-8 record. They existed. They were a team. They made it to the U.S. Open Cup finals. They had defender of the year, much better goalkeeper of the year, lots of good individual players, and nothing to show for it. Yeah. I'm going 2014 LA Galaxy because, I mean, really? You can't not. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, moving on. (laughs) Yeah. Connor, you want to add anything to that? Is there anything else you want to – no, 100% has to be LA. I don't, I'm not sure why Minnesota's on this list. As much as we all loved Minnesota's success last year, it just, I don't know. But anyway, one thing I wanted to add about that 2014 LA team, they didn't get a ton of points. They got 61 points. But their goal difference tells me that when they beat people, they beat people. <laughs> like, plus 32 is wild for 61 points. What was LAFC's last year? Like, plus 40-something? 48. Yeah, the other really big one I saw was like Atlanta 2018 was like plus 30 something too. Yeah. So Toronto and you think of those teams that have like these huge attacking and then you think of LA Galaxy and it's just like, yeah, that makes sense. All right, so LA Galaxy move on, not a real contest there. 2016 FC Dallas versus 2007 Houston with the best left mid in the history of MLS, Brad Davis as their captain. We go ahead and talk about 2016 FC Dallas. They're easily their most successful season ever. Did the double in the Supporter Shield and the U.S. Open Cup. Lost to Seattle in the MLS Conference semifinals. Defender of the year that year in Matt Hedges. And then won their CCL group and lost in the semifinals. Versus 2007 Houston, where they won MLS Cup. Semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League. Semifinals of the Superliga. Did anybody look into this? Oh, man, Superliga was a middle-of-the-season, like, you know that, remember back in the day when MLS had that break between July and August, like it was three weeks for Gold Cup? Mm-hmm. They picked four teams from here and four, kind of like the, the um, what is it called now, like the one where Mexican and MLS teams play each other, like the mid-table teams. Oh, like when Atlanta played Yeah, yeah when America. Atlanta played last year. And they played, yeah, so that, it was kind of like that. And they did in the middle of the season – and they won they, – they got to the semifinals of that. I think mean, they came in third in the con- uh, consolation game. Third in the supporter shield. Again, wild stuff. 2007 MLS is something I want to see again. Adam, your thoughts? I had Houston going through, which hurt me because this FC Dallas team – like when I think of FC Dallas, this was one of the teams – like I was pretty new to MLS. This would have been my second or third year playing fantasy. And the, I just remember having Dallas players – Every single week. Maybe there were two or three weeks that I didn't, but, like, this is a team that when I think of FC Dallas, this is the team I kind of think of in terms of, like, who they had and how well they did. But it was kind of hard to pick that over the Houston team just because of how successful they were. I am going to go ahead and make Connor the tiebreaker because I took 2016 FC Dallas. Hmm. Domestic doubles, like, on Supporter Shield and U.S. Open Cup. That holds a little bit of weight for me. Um, they don't happen a lot. Sometimes they'll happen like Supporter Shield, MLS Cup, because you're just a, a super team. But to be able to win the Supporter Shield and the U.S. Open Cup, which is a tournament completely separate from the league, that holds a little bit of weight for me. Houston were strong in 07, no question. I mean, they only have the one title, and they made it They made it far in CCL, runner, you know, semifinals in the Superliga, 
and third in the supporter shield, but doing that double, especially that it's not the MLS Cup supporter shield double, does it for me. Where in Houston's history was 2007 in terms of that, how old they that, were? Yeah, that dynasty that they had for a couple of years. I say dynasty, but yeah. you know what I mean. It was their second season of existence. Okay. All right, tiebreaker time. This one for me was just as tough as RSL San Jose, honestly. Because, yes, Dallas won the Supporter Shield and the U.S. Open Cup. And I don't want to discredit their Supporter Shield because, you know, obviously you won it. That's fair. But they only got 60 points that year to win the Supporter Shield, which does not feel like a lot when you have, you know, like RBNY and LAFC getting 70-plus to win it. Houston, on a 34-game basis, had 59 points, which is still less than Dallas. And then, as you said, they won MLS Cup. I'm sticking with the trend that I've kind of been going with in that Dallas won more in terms of trophies. So I'm going with Dallas going through. Good boy, Connor. You you scared me for a second. I'm not going to lie. I thought you were going to go and make a bad choice there, but good job. Proud of you. (laughs) I don't, I don't know if there's a bad choice in this matchup. Both teams are really good. It's, yeah, they're no, no. pretty comparative. You would have gone with a pick that I didn't go with, which would have been a bad pick. <laughs> yeah, I'm fine with either of these teams. No, I agree. I yeah, think if you went either way, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had any. Yeah. No, me neither. Me neither. Mm-hmm. All right. 2018 RBNY, one of my favorite Red Bull teams ever, versus 1998 Chicago with current Red Bull head coach, Chris Arbez. And former Red Bull coach. <laughs> Yes, that's right. They were together. All right. What is there to say about the greatest team in MLS history? Chicago? Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was about to say, MLS Cup and US Open Cup <laughs> double. No. Comeback Supporters Shield Championship on the last day. Points record. Semifinals MLS Cup. 33 goals against in 34 games against teams like Atlanta and LA and all the big-name teams. Semifinals of the CONCACAF Champions League done in by a young Tyler Adams mistake at midfield. Poor refereeing and a bunkered in Almeida Chivas team that wouldn't break down for the life of us. Easily one of the best Red Bull teams to ever step on a pitch as a whole unit front to back. I genuinely don't know outside of maybe right mid after the low went down that we had a weak spot on that entire team. And if we had brought in one winger, I genuinely think this is the best team in MLS history. But we didn't, and we lost a lot. We had Derek. What are you talking about? Exactly. We lost the semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup, conference finals of the MLS Cup, semifinals of the CCL, and then we probably went out to Philadelphia in the U.S. Open Cup on penalties again. I don't know. I didn't really look at it. And then you got 1998 Chicago, MLS Cup and U.S. Open Cup double, third in Supporter Shield, first season. So there are your stats. There is your breakdown. Connor, what say you? So, you know, as I said with the last team, I went with the trend typically of more trophies goes through. But in this case, I had to change it because I just think that RBNY team, while they didn't win MLS Cup, I think if they get past Atlanta, they do win it. Super Shout out Chris Arnes for that brilliant tactical masterpiece of a, of a first leg. They were uh, super dominant during the regular season. Even though they, they only won the regular season by two points, they were still really, really good, super deep. You know, there wasn't like a shining superstar Robbie Keane on the team, but just everybody was good. You can obviously make the argument, I know we started a little bit earlier about Supporter Shield versus MLS Cup, 
which would be the comparison here between Chicago and RBNY. And I know Chicago also won the U.S. Open Cup, but I still got to go with RBNY on this one. I just think they were too good not to put them through. Connor, we won the we won the league by two goals. Who did we beat the league by? Who did we win over? The team the we lost in the conference finals to. Yeah, congratulations! You won a four-game tournament versus. A, <laughs> are we going to have that argument again? Because we can do it. No, we're not going to do it right now. That's for another time. <laughs> Adam, would you like to make your case? I was actually at the I was actually at that Red Bull Atlanta game. Not that it matters because it sounds like you guys are putting Red Bull through. I actually put Chicago through. You're awful. I, I don't want to hear this. <laughs> I told you before we started this that you were going to – All right, listen. Yes, I understood you were going to have bad picks, but you're not allowed to have that bad of a pick. That's, that's unacceptable. So <laughs> this was the only one that I wish the matchup was different because I wish both of these teams could go through. Because the fact that Chicago came in as a brand-new franchise and did a double is ridiculous. Think about how many expansion teams we've had in the last few years. Yes, that have been successful, Atlanta, LAFC but have done the double. And usually there are teams that when they first come in are missing pieces. You know, they have, you know, a, a star forward, but their back line's terrible. The fact that you can go on and have a full team that is capable of doing the double is pretty noteworthy. Wild that I just didn't listen to anything you just said. It didn't matter. It's fair. I want you to remember the quality of play in 1998 where you and I could have walked on the field right now and been some of the best players on the field. I mean, that's probably true. The playoffs that I looked at had teams winning 6-1 in one game. Yeah, dude, defense doesn't matter. (laughs) Offense doesn't either, apparently, because they only scored one other goal. Yeah. The reason that 2018 RBNY get it, because they didn't have anything to say, this is what we won this year. That the quality in 1998, I can't. I get it's double, but I can't give it to that type of quality. Yeah, it was. And, it was literally. If it wasn't the first, if it wasn't their first season in existence, it would be. I would put Red Bull through in a heartbeat. It, it is wild that you are wearing a Red Bull scarf and you just disrespected one of the best Red Bull. Technically, teams. I'm wearing a Chelsea scarf. Yeah, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Moving on before I punch you. Actually, I want to say one thing just to play a little, a little bit of devil's advocate against the Chicago thing. In some fairness, I think, as you said, they started in 96. So the other teams were only two years in. So it wasn't like they were super developed by the time Chicago came. Yeah, that's like saying the, the team that won the 96 MLS Cup is the, the, big, the best expansion team in history because they won it in their first year. Like, that's wild. 2014 Seattle versus 2003 Chicago. 2014 Seattle, U.S. Open Cup winner. U.S. Open Cup Supporter Shield winner, double. Won the Supporter Shield easily. I'm pretty sure they won it by, like, nine points or something. Western Conference Finals, year of Oba and Deuce. And then 2003 Chicago, Supporter Shield, MLS Cup finalist. And then I also have noted 15 wins in 30 games. Adam, would you like to make up for your poor decision? I mean, Seattle goes through. Thank you. Very good. You're <laughs> I mean, I don't know why. There's there's literally no reason behind this, but Obafemi Martins is one of my favorite ever MLS players. Like there's because he was one of the best players to ever step foot on an MLS. Pitch. I mean, that's no, but you know, like you know those just weird players that like yes, they're very good, but you just like them for whatever reason. Like my Alex Mawil. I said good players. <laughs> no, like you know our our shared fandom of Darwin Quintero. Yes, he's very good, but you know there's just something about him that. Yeah. So it's because Obafemi and 
Kintero. They just did silly stuff. Like, Kintero would ship keepers from 30 yards when they're on their line. Obafemi would do, like, random Cruyff turns on a ball in the air through four defenders and ship a keep. Like, just silly stuff like that, like, nobody would ever be able to do. They would pull off, and that's why you love them. Yes. Yeah. And he would backflip uh, after goals. Uh, yes, backflip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> very, very good. Connor, any disagreements to 2014 Seattle? Yeah, no, I went with Seattle also. I mean, it's pretty identical to 2003 Chicago because they both won the same trophies. But Seattle had four more points and five better goal difference. So I went with Seattle. Also, I know you mentioned Deuce and Obafemi, but they did have Defender of the Year Chad Marshall as well. Yeah, it's one of the first, like, 17 times that Chad Marshall was MVP of the year. Yeah. Chad Marshall was ridiculous. All right, so that is the first side of the bracket done. I am eight for eight. Connor is eight for eight. No, I'm seven for eight. Oh, you're seven for eight? I picked San Jose against RSL. Oh, that's right. So I'm the only perfect one. Go me. This is what happens when you pick teams based off their credentials and not based off their fantasy points. I didn't pick because of fantasy. I picked Houston. Uh, I love just getting under your skin. <laughs> we love it. We love it. Moving on to the right side of the bracket. 2019 LAFC versus nobody. I got to go nobody here because LAFC couldn't beat the Galaxy. Bang. I mean, there's a reason they couldn't beat the Galaxy. We're not now. You know, I take that back. <laughs> 2019 LAFC moves forward because I'm not dealing with this garbage tonight. Uh. <laughs> 2013 SKC, which we have talking at length about, versus 2005 Revs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2005 Rams. I thought I saw 2006. I was like, oh, I look at the wrong team. Anyways, 2013 SKC, one of the best defensive teams ever. MOS Cup, Supporter Shield runner-up to Red Bull by one point, 30 goals against in 34 games. That's wild. And then that 2013 PK shootout in the MLS Cup versus RSL versus 2005 Revs, MLS Cup runner-up, Taylor Twelman MVP and top goal scorer, Rookie of the Year and Michael Parkhurst, top of the East and runners-up in Supporter Shield. Here, I'll, I'll give my first shot here. No silverware, no advancement. 2013 SKC, welcome to the next round. I love, I loved how 20, 2005 Revs were good, but not 30 goals in 34 games while PK shootout in the final 2013 SKC. Good. But that's just me. I agree with everything. I mean, I have, I don't want to say a soft spot for this Revs team, but my best friend, this is the team that he kind of, grew up watching and this like if you ask him about the revs it's brandon who's been on the podcast like this is the revs team that we kind of touched on when he came on but no skc every day of the week yeah i went the same way skc won the cup they get to go through but this new england team had some fun players on it. i mean twelman they had parkhurst rookie of the year they had dempsey on the team oh that's right that was dempsey's team mm-hmm. yeah he was pretty good for them that year, too. Okay, moving on. 2008 Columbus Crew versus 2002 LA Galaxy. Quick rundown about each team. Columbus Crew beat 2008 Red Bulls in the MLS Cup Finals. Supporter Shield champ as well, so they did the double. Didn't qualify for the U.S. Open Cup Finals. No one had more than nine goals for the club. 2002 LA Galaxy. MLS Cup, Supporter Shield double. Runners-up in the U.S. Open Cup. Ruiz was top goal scorer and the MVP. And those are all the notes I have. 
Connor, go ahead. They're pretty similar teams. Obviously, I would say you could take either one of these teams, put it somewhere else in the bracket, and there's a good chance they move on. But just because they happen to be against each other, it's going to make it tough because winning Supporter Shield and MLS Cup is not a common feat. So it's a high achievement. And I ended up going with 2008 Columbus over Galaxy. I think U.S. Open Cup obviously doesn't have the weight of Supporter Shield or MLS Cup. And L.A. didn't even end up winning it, even if they were in the finals. Columbus had three more points than L.A., on a 34-game basis, and they had a three-better goal difference. And kind of a little – I know this isn't really necessarily like a team achievements, but there were little things that pushed me over the edge for Columbus. But they had MVP, Defender of the Year, and Coach of the Year, whereas LA Galaxy just had the MVP. So I feel like that Columbus team was really stacked with a lot of great players. So I went with them over Galaxy. Plus, we have a lot of Galaxy teams in this already. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take over here and completely bash you for taking a tournament that happens in the middle of a season when you're already 30 games in is when some of the last games are being played and getting into the finals, which means you played every single game that you could that year, and you're going to say it's not an important trophy? No, I said it's just not as important as Supporter Shield or MLS Cup. So I agree, but I think you also need to weigh in the fact that it matters on it, – it almost makes your Supporter Shield MLS Cup even more impressive because you were playing extra games on the side when Columbus was just sitting on the side while you were playing. That's my, my view of it. I went 2002 LA Galaxy. They were literally a game away from the most impressive domestic travel because – as Adam likes to point out, the Canadian championship is a little bit easier to win for some of the Canadian clubs. And I agree. So, so this would have been more impressive in my opinion. And I try my best to keep biases out of this, but I refuse to advance a team that denied Red Bull their first and only MLS Cup. So 2002 LA Galaxy. Wow. Next round. I refuse. I'm not going to do it. That was, that, that's the worst, probably the worst day of my life outside of the Roy Miller free kick. But I'm not doing that today. I'm not doing that today. Uh, Adam, break our tie, please. Oh, well, now I just want to pick the other team. (laughs) No, I picked the Galaxy. I think if this Galaxy team had gone on to win the treble, I think, I mean, they could probably go all the way potentially in this bracket. But, I mean, I still have them going through. But, yeah, I I think they are clearly the edge over Columbus. Yeah, like I said, I don't think you can look at an MLS Cup supporter show double and one went away from doing the trouble and just write them off as nothing. Granted, Columbus had a very good year that year, but 2002 LA Galaxy didn't knock the Red Bulls out of the finals. So welcome to the next round, 2002 LA Galaxy. I'll say one thing, because you were talking about how LA had these extra games factored in because they made it far in US Open Cup. I did some research. LA played four games for the US Open Cup that year. And Columbus played two games for the U.S. Open Cup that year. So L.A. only had to play two extra games. What? When did Columbus, Columbus play? Columbus had to play two qualification games to get into the U.S. Open Cup. Yeah, but all right. 1998 DCU versus 2015 Montreal. Adam's favorite Montreal team and maybe his favorite team in the entire bracket. Well, let's give a rundown of what's going on here. 1998 DC, Supporter Shield runner-up. MLS Cup runner-up, 
CONCACAF Champions League, when it was known as the CONCACAF Cup, they won it. And they won something called the Copa Interamericana, which was the only U.S. side to do so. And it was a tournament between CONCACAF and CONMEBOL, which is South America. So they were playing teams like River Plate and Boca Junior, and they won the whole thing. Versus Montreal, who were the runners-up in the CCL, second team to get to the final, third in the West, Western Conference semifinals, and runners-up in the Canadian Championship, one of the most important tournaments in this entire list. Adam, thoughts? So let's pretend that they actually won something and deserve to be on this list. They still don't make it through. I mean, we can joke about the Canadian Championship not being a real thing all we want, but they didn't even win that. So why are they here? DC goes through. I agree. Like I said, when you talk about teams being good, both in league and internationally, it's very rare you see an MLS club be very good internationally, right? DC United were beating teams from Conimble, which is historically one of the best nations in world football. That's unreal. That alone, I think, has to give it to them. But Again, all the other things that they came – they at least became runners-up in multiple things, not just CCL. But So you had CCL and Canadian Championship versus uh, Supporter Shield and MLS Cup. And they won, They technically won CCL as well and an international tournament. Yeah, DCU gets the cake. Mm-hmm. Connor, do you have any disagreements? I would hope not. I don't have any disagreements, but I will say that you seem to love your runners-up trophies because you love to mention all these runners-up. But I think it matters that we talk about where they finished in relation to the other team, as in Montreal finished third in the West. I, like, I don't think you need to make much of an argument against 2015 Montreal. I would love to see how good the, the international teams they were, DC was playing at the time because I have no clue what teams were like in 1998 in terms of, like, internationally. I have to assume they were better than the MLS teams. I about to say, I'd have to assume they were better than 1998 Probably. MLS. That's what I would have to go by. But I agree that's a fair point. But just knowing what 1998 MLS looked like, I can almost assume. Moving on, 1997 DCU versus another great Canadian team in 2015 Vancouver. 1997 DCU, Supporter Shield champ, U.S. Open Cup runners-up, MLS Cup champs, third place in the CONCACAF Champions League wins the Champions Cup versus 2015 Vancouver, which were second in the West, third in Supporter Shield, qualified for CCL and won the Canadian Championship. Adam, what do you think about the Canadian Championship? <laughs> Listeners can't see me, but I'm just shaking my head. <laughs> yeah. uh, can we just move DC on and pretend like this is an actual matchup? Let's talk about it, though, at least. Do we have to? Yeah. No, we don't. DC United right. moves. We're not going to <laughs> I we think if, if FCC ever found a way to win the Canadian Championship, Adam's head would explode. <laughs> FCC wins a Canadian Championship with Chicharito up front. Oh, my God. He'd lose it. <laughs> FCC could win the Ohio Championship, and I wouldn't care. There's only two teams in that. 2003 San Jose versus 2011 LA Galaxy. A great matchup. One of the better matchups this bracket. San Jose, Supporter Shield runners-up, MLS Cup champions, U.S. Open Cup fourth round, CCL exit in the first round, 51 points from 30 games. 2011 LA Galaxy, MLS Cup and Supporter Shield doubles, CCL quarterfinals, U.S. Open quarterfinals, the, the magical trio of Beckham, Donovan, and Robbie Keane. Just one of the best MLS teams ever. 
having anybody who thinks about good MLS teams thinks about this team. And in that playoff run, when they went to MLS Cup and won it, they conceded twice in all games. Both teams that LD played for, both MLS Cup champions. Connor, what say you? It's kind of hard. I feel like it's hard not to put LA through here. I mean, obviously they match San Jose's MLS Cup win, but then they top it with Supporter Shield win. And they also put up 67 points, 20 goal differential. And not to mention that this is just like this chunk of time for LA, this early 2010s time is quite possibly the most iconic teams in MLS. Like they put MLS on the map. Big facts. Beckham teams. It's just, they were so influential to the league and they backed it up on the field as well. Like they were just so good. One thing I will say for the 2011 season, I think Robbie Keane only played in four games. So I know he was there, but he wasn't, wasn't doing a lot, but you could still count it as the start of the trio. Yeah, no, big, fair, absolutely fair. But I, yeah, you have to consider the fact that the three of them were together and that, that in itself, like you think about LA Galaxy period, those are the three people you think of. Right, Adam? <laughs> yes, I put the Galaxy through. I Good. was so tempted to put San Jose through just to spite the two of you, but I have I'm, a headache. I've been on Zoom for like eight hours today, and let's just move on. I'm just, I'm still baffled you didn't put Robbie Keane on your Mount Rushmore. But no, we're not going there. We're not, not doing that. <laughs> We've been, we, that episode's done with. I love how we could keep drawing back to you every time we bring something up. I love it. I love it. 2000 Chicago versus 2015 Portland. 2000 Chicago, MLS Cup runners-up, Supporter Shield runners-up on goal differential, and they were beating teams for fun, 6-0 versus New England in the playoffs, and they won the U.S. Open Cup versus 2015 Portland, who were MLS Cup champs, fifth in the Supporter Shield, fifth in U.S. Open Cup, and third in the West with a 15-11-8 record. I'm going to go ahead and, and start this one off and say 2000 Chicago moves on. It's early on in league history. But to be runners-up in two competitions and a champion in the third versus a Portland title that can be argued that they didn't actually deserve it, right? You had that first round where they had that double post in the PK shootout, and then they scored 30 seconds in because Steve Clark forgot to kick a ball. Like, that just messed everything up. I got to go 2000 Chicago here. No offense to our good buddy John Kasman or any other Portland fans here, but just you were a good – it was a good season, not a great season. That's, that's my take. Yeah, had they, had they finished higher up in the West or just in the league standings that year I and then gone on to win, I'd have said, you know, maybe they have a better case, but they were a mid-table team the whole year and then kind of fell backwards in the MLS Cup. Yes, they obviously had to have been good in the playoffs, but... As we know. know, good in the playoffs doesn't mean good team. Yes. Because... Bad in the playoffs doesn't mean bad team. Every Red Bull team I've ever watched ever. Correct. So, yeah, I I agree Chicago goes through. Good shout. Connor, anything to add? I also agree Chicago goes through. I think that this Portland team was average to good. I mean, they finished with a plus two goal differential. I think they just got hot at the right time and ended up winning MLS Cup and had some luck to help them along the way. So even though U.S. Open Cup obviously doesn't hold as much value as MLS Cup, I still think that the Chicago team put in better performances. Love it. Time for my favorite matchup on this entire freaking bracket. Easiest one ever. 
2018 Atlanta, had it not been for Red Bull being the best team in the history of the league, 2018 Atlanta might actually legitimately be seen as one of the best clubs ever. They would have set the point record. They would have won MLS Cup. They would have won Supporter Shield. And the way they played was disgusting. Their fan atmosphere was something MLS has never seen before. They had everything except an open cup where they exited early because they played all their bench players and they weren't deep at that point. Versus 2019 Philadelphia, who got to the conference semifinals in MLS Cup, were fifth in the Supporter Shield, fourth in the U.S. Cup. They didn't win a thing. They didn't finish runner-up in anything. They didn't even get top three in anything. How did they, how did they make this? Who put them on here? You forget, Andrew. This team had Jack Elliott. Stop. I can't, I can't right now. No, no, I'm not, I'm not having this debate. I know Connor's already put Atlanta through. I'm putting Atlanta through. Adam, you're not even going to get a chance to say anything. <laughs> I'm, obviously, I put Atlanta through. Yeah, but I don't even need like any any sarcasm or anything right now because it's just so baffling how ridiculous. By the way, I don't know if any of you guys were finding teams that you would have put on here instead of 2019 Philadelphia. I am honorably mentioning 2000 Kansas City Wizards with the funky kits and a double in MLS Cup and Supporter Shield, both in front of Chicago, by the way. Fun fact. That is my that is my honorable mention team. Twenty nineteen FCC also gets honorable mention. If Philadelphia can make this list, why not? You're, yeah, I have oh God! Disagreements there. It's funny you say that. I feel like I remember when I was researching this. I was probably researching two thousand Chicago, and I saw just all the stuff Kansas City won that year. Yeah, right. Like, why are they not on this list? That's yeah. what I said. But shout out Extra Time who put Andrew Gutman on FCC's Mount Rushmore. <laughs> and Katia on FCC's Mount Rushmore for making this phenomenal table, which realistically is not terrible outside of like three picks. But didn't they also put Alfonso Davies on their all-time Mount Rushmore? Yes, they did. Yeah, yes. yeah. So the final. Before you go on praising them, quarter. So we are in the round of 32. 2017 TFC versus 2001 Miami. So we hadn't touched on 2017 uh, TFC. Yes, let's talk about it. The ever sought-after Canadian Championship. Mm-hmm. On Cap Champions League berth, Supporters Shield win, broke the points record at the time, MLS Cup. You know what that equals? Treble. You know who has more than one treble? Nobody. You know who has more than zero trebles? Only Toronto. Only team to ever do the treble. And again, versus Miami, who won the Supporters Shield by plus one goal differential, made it to the semifinals MLS Cup, lost in sudden death, first in the East. Adam, what do you think? I mean... I'm amazed you didn't bring up Giovinco in that intro. Oh, the striker? But Yep, there it is. <laughs> the thing I wish for this team, and it's crazy to say based on, you know, obviously what they won, but imagine this team with Pozuelo in it. Oh, man. It, oh, my God. Like, I know he joined two years later, but I can't help but think what that team would look like, and then I kind of throw up a little bit. That yeah, we understood its chance in 2017 against them. No, like we, was, we at least put up a fight. This team was seen as the best team before they'd won anything. The way that they played and blew teams out of the water, like when when Red Bull took them basically to extra time in and got in those fights and stuff, like that was the best game anybody's ever played against them in that year. And they were just disgusting. So I'm I'm putting Toronto through. I'm assuming you are as well, Adam. The way you're speaking, mm-hmm. Connor. Disagreements? Zero disagreements here. And I think even the scarier part is I don't even think that was Giovinco at his best in MLS that season. 
I can't even imagine what Juvenko at his highest would have been like for them. Like it just would have been insane. Remind me, who was in that midfield other than obviously Michael Bradley? Like who who was the one feeding all his assists? Marky Vasquez. Okay. Yeah, so that that's why I made the argument for imagine a creative number ten like Pozzuolo in that team. Well, Vasquez was one of the best creative number tens in the league. I understand that, but if you if <laughs> if given imagine the both of them, well, that? Vasquez, well, that's like LA Galaxy back when they had everybody. It's like where are you putting all these players you're signing? Like you're just signing players for fun, and they're just sitting on the bench. Or Chelsea, but you know whatever. MLS podcast. 2010 RSL versus 2015 RBNY. Already spoke about it. 2010 RSL, first team in the CONCACAF Champions League final. Second in Supporters' Shield, seven losses in 40 games, 36 goals conceded. Red Bull, Supporters' Shield by goal differential. Lost in the conference finals, lost in PKs in quarterfinals of the US Open Cup. Beat Chelsea in the ICC. I'm going to go ahead and get this one out of the way. RSL moves on. First RBNY team is out of the bracket, and this one was not difficult. Red Bull 2015 was the worst of the three Red Bull teams here. It was that team that Petke willed to the finish and got them across the line. That They were not supposed to be that good. Never were they supposed to be that good, and he, he just found a way to push them over the line with the mentality of a center back from 1996 MLS, and just the, I don't care who we play, we're going to win. And I'm not saying they didn't deserve it. They played very well, but this is not a team that's better than 2010 RSL. Yeah, I originally had San Jose, obviously, but I also had San Jose going past RBNY, so I will agree on RSL going past RBNY. And yeah. same, pretty, pretty much for the same reasons. I said 60 points was kind of a disappointing supporter shield for Dallas. I feel like you could say the same thing for 2015 RBNY. 2014 LA Galaxy versus the 2016 FC Dallas team. 2014 LA Galaxy, MLS Cup number five, quarterfinals of the Champions League, no, da- no David Beckham, second in Supporter Shield, league MVP in, in Robbie Keane, three All-Stars versus FC Dallas, double of Supporter Shield in the US Open Cup, Fender of the Year, won their CCL group, and lost in the conference semifinals. This was very difficult. I did not like this. And I think I had my first wrong pick here, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to what you guys have to say first. So I ended up going with 2014 LA Galaxy because while they didn't win Supporter Shield, they outscored Dallas, who won the Supporter Shield, and had a much higher goal difference than them, 32 versus 10. And the LA Galaxy team won MLS Cup. So they didn't win US Open Cup like Dallas did. But I think they got a comparable trophy in the MLS Cup versus Supporter Shield. And I think that the Galaxy team proved during the regular season to be a more dominant team than Dallas proved to be. Where I think Dallas kind of got by with weaker teams around the league. Interesting. I'm going to go ahead and jump in on this one. I put 2016 FC Dallas and here's why. They did the double of Open Cup and Supporter Shield. Can you name one big-name player from that team? Ryan Hollingshead. Exactly. They did it with Academy Kids and Michael Barrios. That's literally what they did. And, and Matt Hedges. That's yeah. unreal. The fact that they were able to run through the league, win Supporters' Shield, U.S. Open Cup, lost in the conference semifinals to a Seattle team that was ridiculous in 2016, and then won their CCL group as well. 
that's wild to me. So I put them through based on the fact that they were so good when they weren't supposed to be versus one of like eight LA Galaxy teams that you could have put in the spot and they would have had this, literally the same thing except one might have been with David Beckham, one might have been without it. So FC Dallas goes through for me. I'm pretty sure Andrew's just reading off my notes because I said the same reason for FC Dallas. The fact that they did it with homegrown players is kind of impressive. Probably a little bias coming from two Red Bull fans. The fact that homegrown players played a big part in our decision. But we'll win the Open Cup one day, Andrew. Yeah. If Philadelphia drops out. <laughs> and DC. Yeah. Wow. So I, I thought that was it. I thought that's where I was going to falter. But I have not missed a pick yet. We're still moving. And we move on to 2018 RBNY versus 2014 Seattle. Another ridiculous matchup. As we talked about 2018, best Red Bull team probably ever. Supporter Shield, Conference Finals of the Cup, Semifinals of the U.S. Open Cup, best team front to back, probably in the league, let alone in Red Bull history, versus a 2014 Seattle that did the Supporter Shield U.S. Open Cup double, Western Conference Finals, and had Oba and Deuce. So, this one was tough. It broke my heart. But 2014 Seattle moved on because Red Bull had nothing to sh- except a shield to show for it, while Seattle had an open cup, a shield, and a very good playoff run. Uh, that that hurt. But, again, if we're talking about best teams ever, Seattle were just better. And I don't know how I feel about that, because now that I just read all of that off, I genuinely think 2018 Red Bull would beat 2014 Seattle. But they had nothing to show for it, because that is what Red Bull do. They choke, and they choke, and they choke, and they ruin my life. Somebody go. I don't care who. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get sad. Uh, I had Seattle going through, Andrew. Don't worry. All right. I'm glad we're on the same page here. It's tough because, yeah, this, this Red Bull team is probably the, the arguably the best team that Red Bull's had. But I think, I think there's a genuine argument for them being one of the best teams ever. But they, it's but if it's hard to argue that, though. Ever, you, exactly. It's hard to argue that. You can argue it, but it's very difficult when you don't win anything. If you don't watch 2018 RBNY like we did, yeah. you you know that they were good on paper, but they have no nothing to win. They don't you don't know what they want. They just were decent. They were a good team. Like if we were talking about 2015 Portland, they won MLS Cup, but they were a good team, and that's mm-hmm. it. And that that's why I couldn't put them through is because 2018 RBNY. If you didn't watch them game in and game out, you had no idea they were that good. Yeah, I'd say if like that'd be like if the 2018 Atlanta team didn't win anything, anyone who watched them would say you know they were far and away the best team in the league by a mile that year. Yosef scoring for fun, like just all around greatness, but they didn't win anything. So yeah, I I completely agree. Connor, did you uh, go against us on this one? Yeah, I did. I went 2018 RBNY. Wow. And I went with it because both teams got supporter shield. So the differing trophies, the U.S. Open Cup. As I said before, you don't I, like US Open. I don't value it as much as I value the other trophies. And I think RBNY's 2018 supporter shield was that much better than Seattle's supporter shield that it makes up for the U.S. Open Cup. Because not only did they get 71 points, they had a, a ridiculous goal differential of 29 but they did it against one of the other best teams in MLS history in 2018 Atlanta. They beat a team that many would argue is top 10 all time. So they were beating the best to get that trophy. 
and they outscored Seattle by seven points. I just think that that was more – I just think that was a bigger achievement than winning the U.S. Open Cup. All right, you get it. You're, you're being real happy that you're recording this. <laughs> if we beat you in MLS Cup, 2018 Red Bulls is the best team in history. But because we didn't win MLS Cup, it doesn't matter. Well, you made, you made the argument before that L.A. was a game away from winning the treble. And you okay. gave them the advantage over that. RBOY was a game away from pretty much being one of the best teams ever, no question. We were two games away from MLS Cup. We were two games away from CONCACAF Champions League, which arguably we, we might not have won anyway. We would have gone, and we might have lost that game. We were two games away from MLS Cup, which, knowing us, we would have choked there too. I don't think so. And we won a, no, shield, we on the la- and we won a shield on the last day because Atlanta choked away. Yeah, but you still won it with 71 points. It wasn't like, oh, we got it with 60 points because Atlanta got 59 on the last day. Right, no. We you can't say you didn't earn it. But if we're talking about important trophies, when we talk about both teams had the supporter shield and both teams were very good, but Red Bull don't have the MLS Cup. And at least Seattle have U.S. Open Cup. Red Bull bounced out of U.S. Open Cup in the semis. But it's just the, the notion of winning. And I think Red Bull – I can't believe I'm bashing the best team that I've ever watched. I, what has this podcast turned me into? We're moving on. 2014 Seattle. Connor, great arguments. Thank you for standing up for a team that beat yours in the Supporter Shield race. But I think I can't move Red Bull on because of the disappointment they've caused me. They don't deserve to move on. That if is they, what I If they win is. that one game against Atlanta – like, I think that Atlanta RBNY series – was basically the finals. I think either team beats Portland in the finals. If RBNY wins that, it's one game, and they would have had MLS Cup. Well, and I just think don't go that think, far. Aaron Long off of Tim Parker's ginger head into an own goal in the 90th minute to lose. <laughs> LAFC 2019 versus 2013 SKC. A little bit on 2019 LAFC, if you don't know about them already. Points record, supporter shield, Carlos Vela, beautiful play. You can't beat the Galaxy. Four losses all season. And then a goal differential of plus 48. They were, what is a, a PC way to say, just ridiculously good. Whack. That, that's how we'll do it. They were whack, as the kids say these days. <laughs> I put 2019 LAFC through. 2013 SKC was good, very good defensively. LAFC lost four games all year. You don't tell LAFC that they lost four games all year and they lose to Sporting Kansas City. I don't care if they didn't get MLS Cup here. 2019 LAFC is going through for me. Yeah. The thing that just makes me annoyed at this team is how do you lose, how do you lose four games all season and then the following season go, hey, you know what's a good idea? If we get rid of like our entire back line because that could surely help you. Like Tyler Miller, gone. Walker Zimmerman, gone. Bayshore, gone. Like, unless Phil's going to put up 50 goals again. And they're going to lose 12 games. <laughs> That's what I mean. Like, we watched in the brief two, Existing. three games that they played this season, they look bad, at least defensively. Yeah. I mean, listen, they had a lot of time to, to sort it out, so maybe, maybe all the attackers lost their edge and they'll be all right. Sure. It's all a ploy to give LAFC the MLS Cup this year. Yeah. You wait. Connor, anything to add? Not really. LAFC goes through. Their supporter shield was just way too impressive compared to Sporting's MLS Cup. Right. 
had it been like a point or two, then it's something we can talk about. But they won that thing by by a ridiculous margin. Yeah. If this team goes on to win MLS Cup, is there any point of having a bracket? No, not at okay. all. Just checking. All right. So 2002 LA Galaxy versus 1998 DC United. Connor, go ahead. You go first. I'm going to have to go with 98 DC. As you said, they, they won the two international trophies. As in 34 games, they had 77 points, which is just wild. And somehow they still didn't win the Supporter Shield. So, you know, they had some good competition. They only lost the Supporter Shield on goal difference, which kind of sucks because yeah. that team seemed really good. 2002 LA had the Supporter Shield and the MLS Cup, which is tough to beat. But I think the two international trophies for DC can compare enough that the rest of DC's like points and goal difference can carry them over for me. All right. I am going to step in and say <laughs> I put in 2002 LA Galaxy because of the domestic double. So they did MLS Cup and Supporter Shield, runners-up in U.S. Open Cup. They were a game away from the treble. <laughs> Being a game away from the treble for me, got to give it to them. Yeah, so I had I had DC going through. Sorry, Andrew. That's all right. I'll take I'll take my first loss here. I'm totally okay with that. It came down to the fact that no other MLS team has done anything internationally since then. Like other teams agree. have had domestic doubles, as impressive as it is, no one's had international doubles. I mean, granted, these tournaments don't really exist anymore, but MLS teams are historically bad abroad. So. Plus, like you said, they were beating like super talented teams that were most likely better than them. So I, I don't know if they actually played like the Boca Juniors and the River Plates of the time, but players like Raquel May were playing in Boca Juniors. So that'll show you the, the level of some of those teams. Absolutely. No, like I said, I completely agree. Um, I focus more on domestic success versus just overall success unless it came to the Champions League. Because, like I said, you don't really know who is in the inter the inter-Americanas or the, the Super Leagues or things like that. Uh, so those were really just kind of deciding factors for me. And, and with DC United being runners-up versus LA Galaxy winning MLS Cup and Supporter Shield double, that was my pick, but I'm completely okay with it. 1997 DCU versus 2011 LA Galaxy. Another DCU-LA matchup. Which shows you, they, you know, that, that makes sense though, right? Because they are the two most successful clubs in MLS history. So we've got a Supporter Shield champ, a U.S. Open Runner Cup, an MLS Cup champ, and a third place CONCACAF Champions League in DCU versus 2011 LA, who, as we've mentioned, just one of the best teams ever, conceded twice in the playoffs, five league losses all season, MLS Cup and Supporters Shield double, CCL quarterfinals, had the U.S. Open quarters, the best team money could buy, just ridiculous all around. Adam, go ahead. Why don't you start us off? Galaxy. <laughs> nice, nice and easy. I mean, it, it's kind of hard to – like, if you if you close your eyes and think of the, fir- the first MLS super team that comes to mind, it's, it's this Galaxy team. I also went Galaxy, but not as easy for me because – this DC team was really, really good. And just like you said with LA in the past, they were one game away from winning travel because they were a finalist in the U.S. Open Cup. I'm going to go with LA. They ended up winning the same trophies, but I just feel like the, the impact that this LA team had on the league was just 
insane. Like just, it, I don't think it could be overlooked. Nope, I agree. I also went LA and, and the deciding factor for me was quality of play, right? So we talked about how they won the same trophies. They kind of got to the same places in all the other competitions. So you think about 1997 MLS versus 2011 MLS. And while 2011 MLS was not phenomenal, it was much better than 1997. So LA Galaxy go through for me. Moving on to our final matchup in the round of 32, right? Is it 32 or 16? 16. 16. I can't count. I'm an engineer. Leave me alone. True. 2000 Chicago versus 2018 Atlanta. So once again, MLS Cup runners up, Supporter Shield runners up, beating teams for fun, and the U.S. Open Cup champs versus one of the best teams out of the last three years with uh, an MLS Cup, a points record that they could have had had it not been for RBNY, and a Supporter Shield by two points they were off, um, blowing teams out of the water. I went 2018 Atlanta. I mean, it, it, it wasn't – again, it might be because we were watching them as they played, and it was far and away they were one of the best teams ever. But I just don't think 2000 Chicago being runners-up on two tournaments and, and a champion in a third is better than the MLS Cup that Atlanta won in the way they won it because they were also a point off of Supporter Shield, so – or two points off, so – Atlanta moves on for me. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you'll post this in the Chicago Reddit. So, Chicago fans, please let us know because obviously none of us watch this team. But the fact that all three of us have watched this Atlanta team and just seen them destroy everybody, bar Red Bull that year, made it kind of easy. I also went with 2018 Atlanta. MLS Cup, as I said, weighs more for me than U.S. Open Cup. Not to mention the fact that Atlanta have more points and better goal difference, and which is dominant in every way. All right. So the Elite Eight. Back also known as the quarterfinals. We could do that too, but I like Elite Eight. Back to the top with 2017 TFC versus 2010 RSL. I'm going to go out on a limb and start this one off and say treble winners 2017 TFC. Moving on for me. Because yep. they've done something that nobody else has done. Works for me. It's a really bold choice by you, I have to say. You all agree? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to give a special shout out to that 2010 RSL team because they are so much better. And I don't think they get remembered enough based off of what I just looked at. Like, when's the last time you heard anybody talk about, like, the 2010 RSL team? Was that the team with Nat Borchers and his beard? Probably. So, that's, <laughs> that's how I remember that team. Moving on to 2016 FC Dallas versus 2014 Seattle. I'll let Adam go. This was tough. Right? I didn't, I didn't like this matchup. <laughs> Both teams go through. That's the way this works, right? Incorrect. Okay. I had I put Seattle through just because I remember more or less watching the Seattle team and just the like that attack was arguably one of the best in MLS. Like, I don't remember much of the rest of the team, but I just remember the fact that Deuce and Oba up top were just silly. Yep. Connor, what do you think? I want to keep mine short because I want to throw in a little extra thing here. But I also went with Seattle just because same trophies, Sports Shield, U.S. Open Cup. Seattle had four more points and a better goal difference. So they go through for me over that. Plus Dempsey and Obafemi were stars in the league where as you said before Dallas didn't really have a star so I, I feel like that team created them as stars but the one thing I did want to mention I did a little research 
and this kind of went back to the last matchup for Seattle with RBNY. I did a little research on who Seattle played in the U.S. Open Cup, and obviously they don't have any control over that. But every single team that they played did not make the playoffs. That's wild. I also put Seattle through because if you think about it, you think about 2014 Seattle, you think about Ogilvy Martins, you think about Deuce, you think about how good that team was, and then you think about 2016 FC Dallas, and you think about what did they do. I genuinely could not tell you. If I didn't do research on the podcast, I could not tell you what 2016 FC Dallas did. I always knew they were decent. I just didn't know they won anything, and that's why. So to the right side of the bracket, we'll go 2019 LAFC versus 1998 DCU. LAFC, four losses versus a DCU team I didn't even have moving on. However, they were good. Lots of international competitions, but – I think if 1998 DC goes against 2019 LAFC, I'm almost certain it's double digit goals for LAFC. I'm genuinely convinced Bella would have 10 goals and then whoever wants to add on will add on. The weird thing about this LA team, and I didn't really realize it until I did some research, but just Vela was obviously ridiculous, but there weren't goals coming from anyone else. Like there wasn't someone next to him who had like a 20 goal season like i think the next highest was like eight well didn't rossi have like 17 or something well no i think like 12 i could be wrong that's not a bad secondary uh, no it's not but when you think of the team that scored like a hundred and something goals like 85 he had 16 in 2019 that's not bad i think if i think you might have been thinking of 2018 he had no help in 2018 yeah rossi stepped up in 2019 Okay. Anyway, let's see. Move on, Connor. Thoughts? It's it's tough. Like you know, as you said, obviously LAFC would probably smoke 1998 DCU if they played right now. But I just think that's because players have just overall gotten better since then. There's better ways to train. There's better all this better technology and stuff to help. Plus, LAFC, yes, they won the supporter shield, but they were so disappointing in MLS Cup. It, I feel like it hurts them. But I'll put them through. Not that it matters anyway. They were going through regardless. Yeah, I guess I have a soft spot for teams that are doing really well in regular season and flop in the playoffs. But Obviously, you don't because you knocked out your favorite team that did that. Don't start with me. I will go back and change this entire bracket. Don't don't try me. I'll do it. Go do it. I was the one that supported them. <laughs> to our last Elite Eight matchup, 2011 LA Galaxy versus a 2018 Atlanta United. Connor, I want to send this to you because I want to see what you think. The 2011 LA Galaxy. If Atlanta wins Porter Shield, there's an argument, but because they didn't, Galaxy. Took the words out of my mouth. If this Atlanta team had gone on to win MLS Cup, I think they walked this matchup. Maybe not walk this matchup, but I think it's a lot easier. But the fact that the Galaxy team, again, when you think of super teams, this Galaxy team is number one on the list. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I agree. LA Galaxy, move on for me. Final four. 2017 Toronto FC versus 2014 Seattle. And as a recap, 2017 TFC Canadian Championship, Supporter Shield, MLS Cup treble. First Canadian team to win the Supporter Shield, broke the points record at the time. We're just a dominant team that were blowing teams out of the water versus 2014 Seattle, which won the Supporter Shield and U.S. Open Cup double, made it to the Western Conference Finals, and had Obafemi Martins and Clint Dempsey. Lads, what say you? 
I mean, Toronto. Again, and yeah. you can't discount the fact that they won the trouble like that. But they won the trouble with a trophy that didn't matter. I didn't say it didn't matter. Oh, oh, now it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, 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 no. If it was the only thing they won, it's essentially not winning anything. Oh, it didn't count if it didn't help your case. Got it. Sure. I get the argument that it makes and that the competition makes the trophy feel less valuable. I completely disagree, and here's why. If it made it less valuable, TFC would have won every year for the past five years. They haven't. Montreal has won, and Vancouver have won. That's the only two teams that stand a chance at beating them now. Yeah, but my point is, like, if it was a less difficult trophy, they would have walked. So, Andrew, besides Vancouver, Montreal, and Toronto, name a team that plays in Canadian Championship. Ottawa Fury. Yeah. Exactly. Let's say probably like Ottawa, one of the one of the new Canadian Premier League teams. Like, like, uh, like but that like proves my point. Nan- Nantucket FC. I don't know. Yep. Point proven. I agree that it, it is lesser, but it should be weighed into the fact that they play it during the season like the U- it's it's like the US Open Cup for Canada. All right. Toronto's won it seven times and they've participated twelve, just to give you an idea. And they, yeah, they were runners the last, up three times. Yes, in the last how many years though? What, what were the winners in the, last, in the last five years? What were the winners? So Vancouver, Toronto, 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 Montreal. So they won three out of the five years. Yes. Yeah. If it was that easy, they would have won all five, especially to Vancouver, especially to 2015 Vancouver. Don't start with me. All right. Well, then 2009 to 2012, Toronto won four years straight. Okay. It's the same three teams. They're the only three teams who have ever won the trophy. And Vancouver's so, only so won do we, it once. Do, so, so do we do we lessen the La Liga trophy because only three teams will ever win it? No. But do more we than lessen, three teams have lessen, won it. More than three teams the German tro- Do we lessen the German League trophy because Bayern is the only team that will ever win it? No. But they haven't. Other teams have won it. There's literally only been three teams that have won the Canadian Bayern have won like eight in a row. What do you mean? Juve have won 12 in a row in Serie A. Do those, do those titles not matter? The Juve ones aren't as impressive because they've literally had history of paying off the refs. So I take their trophies with a grain of salt, but yeah, I, I see your point. Thank you. Andrew, Thank you. just tell us if you put Toronto through. Of course I put Toronto through. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I don't want to hear any more about Toronto until we, we get past the, the last semifinal here. 2019 LA FC versus 2011 LA Galaxy. I'm going to go ahead first. 2019 LAFC lost four games all season, won the Supporter Shield, set the points record, but didn't win MLS Cup, didn't do anything in U.S. Open Cup. 2011 LA Galaxy did the double of MLS Cup and Supporter Shield, got to the CCL quarterfinals, U.S. Open Cup quarterfinals, and lost five games all year and conceded twice in the playoffs. 2011 LA Galaxy, welcome to the finals. Yeah, no disagreements, 100%. You win Shield and Cup versus just Shield, you're going through. Yeah, which hurts because, I mean, obviously we all watched that LA team last year and it hurts not having them move. Yeah, like it hurts not having them move on. But they did it to themselves. I really wish they won a Moss Cup last year because that would have been like this bracket would have been over. Oh, yeah, no, easily. Well, they lost to your favorite player, in fairness. True. Uh, the final matchup, 2017 TSC, treble winners, first of their kind, last of their kind, only of their kind, versus 2011 LA Galaxy, face of the league for the longest time, 
won two of the three major tournaments, quarterfinalist in the CCL and the U.S. Open Cup, one of the most dominant teams of all time. Connor Wright, who is your best team of all time? This is probably the first tough one that I felt like has come up in a little while because 2011 is just so iconic for the league for many reasons because of how talented they were. And 2017 Toronto was just so dominant in winning trophies and being successful. I'm going to end up going with Toronto for this one, but this is kind of where I agree with Adam on the Canadian Championship. Had LA Galaxy won the U.S. Open Cup, I'm putting them over Toronto because I think the U.S. Open Cup would be a more valuable trophy than the Canadian Championship in this case. But they didn't. So the Canadian Championship is obviously going to be better than zero, no trophy. And that's the edge that pushes me to go Toronto. Yeah, I picked Toronto as well, which it's weird. And it's kind of weird. Like the fact that Toronto does, I don't feel like they get as much credit as they maybe like when you think of the face of MLS, like Connor just said, you think of that Galaxy team. Like Canadian teams, I say Canadian teams, Toronto doesn't get that kind of like big spotlight being from Canada as far as I've seen in our kind of media coverage in this country. You want to know why? Because it's not the LA Galaxy? No, because 2018 Toronto FC was one of the worst teams I've ever watched in my life. If they had followed up and became a dynasty like LA Galaxy did, you would look back at that 2017 TFC team and think they were the greatest thing ever. But because they came back in 2018, didn't make the playoffs, didn't push for anything, the only good thing they did was beat Atlanta so we could win Supporter Shield. That is the reason nobody talks about them is because they had one good year, they won everything, and then just flopped. So did that Galaxy team become a dynasty because it was arguably the most expensive team by far in the league by then? Because like Galaxy became a dynasty because Don Garber gave them a rule so they could become a dynasty. Right. That Toronto team, other than Giovinco, didn't really have – like there were no expensive players on that team as far as I'm aware of. Josie Altador cost $6 million. Michael Bradley made $6 million. Giovinco made $8 million, I think. Yeah, compared to Beckham, who was promised an entire franchise when he signed. I, granted, I, I don't disagree that they were paid more. But to say that they had no big names or – I'm not saying players, no big names, but compare the, the three highest paid at Toronto and the three highest paid at the Galaxy, and I don't think it comes close. That's genuinely interesting because I don't know what type of money they were spending in 2011. I don't either, but genuinely the fact that Beckham came in and the, um, the league was like, yeah, you can have a clause in your contract that says in the future we will allow you to build your own franchise. What, on what planet does that rule exist that there's a player who can come in and demand a franchise be built? I completely agree. And – I think Connor, Connor said it best that if LA Galaxy did the treble with U.S. Open Cup, no question. Yeah. Because he's absolutely right. There are more rounds they have to play. There are tougher teams they have to get through. And it's more influential. But because they didn't and TFC are still the only team with an actual domestic treble, TFC are the greatest team in MLS history. There is no arguing it. There is no debating it. We can sit here all day and, and talk about how LA Galaxy paid more for their players and, and made it look good and became the dynasty that the league was known for. But Toronto FC records holding 
are the best team in MLS history. Guys, if you made it this far, let us know if you agree, disagree. Let us know who we picked that you didn't, and we hope you enjoyed. Make sure you're following us everywhere you get your podcast so you know when our next episode goes live. Make sure you're following us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, because we've got some great interviews coming up, and I will let Adam go ahead and talk about those for a second. Am, am I spoiling them? You can, you can, yeah, you can, you can drop some names that we've definitely confirmed. Okay. So we're actually recording our next episode tomorrow when you guys listen to this. But uh, we have former Leeds United and South African striker Davide Soma coming on as an interview. And then we'll kind of dive into his background and playing career. And the episode after that, so episode 19, we have actually our first double interview. Davide is coming back as a guest, but he's bringing along someone that Andrew will probably start crying when he sees. Uh, I will lose my mind. The yeah, the wonderful Grelladino himself, Mr. Mike Grella. It should be quite interesting to have the five of us try to talk over each other. Oh my god, I, I don't know. I, I, you guys are gonna have to like kick me off every time you ask a question, just because I'm gonna have to just talk all the time because we'll I, I have so many questions. I'll just have you on mute. Yeah, you're going to have to. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'll be able to contain myself. But guys, lots of really exciting things coming up. Got other pro players in the wings trying to get them on as well. We are slowly and surely starting to build up some really cool interviews. Not that our other interviews were not cool. We had a great time with them. But in terms of stature and the people that we'll be speaking to, we're really excited and we hope you guys are too. So make sure you give us a follow or a subscribe if you're excited to hear those and you want to hear them as soon as they come out. And other than that, does anybody have any anything else to say? Nope. I couldn't think of a question of the day. I was too busy getting ready to yell at you guys if you didn't pick TFC. So all that prep time was wasted, thankfully, because if you didn't, we'd be here for a lot longer. But like I said, make sure you're following us everywhere so you can get ready for those cool interviews coming up. And until next time, we'll see you next time on the next episode of the Designated Players Podcast. See ya.